Man, he is unbelievably faithful. Unbelievably faithful. When I'm not, he is. When I doubt, he never does. When I worry, he comes. When I'm anxious, he's there. And he whispers. Sometimes he whispers. Most of the time he whispers. At times he screams. <laughs> you know, and had the screaming voice of the Lord. Not to tell me off, just to grab my attention. Why do you think like that, son? Why are you allowing that to brew? Don't let that thought get in you, son. That's destructive. This is the thought. There's a future and a hope in Jesus. In Jesus alone. You found hope in Christ. I hope you have. I hope you are. Such a hope. Such a future. In Jesus. The Bible says in Colossians 2 that in Christ, in the mystery, is every hidden wisdom and treasure of knowledge is found in Jesus. So if I'm coming into that wisdom and that knowledge. What do you think that's going to do for me? Bless you. Thanks, Warren. It's going to bless me, which will bless him, which will bless anyone that's in my life. If I am partaking of Jesus Christ, the living manna that was sent from heaven to earth for me, a food that never runs out, that never runs dry, and that's in me. Can you see how great who is in me that's in the world? So when the world comes and it speaks, I'm able to appropriate what it says, laugh at it, put it up there and go, that ain't me. Why? Because Christ in me, what's in me is greater than what's in the world. So every temptation, every trial, every persecution, every loss is repositioned because who lives in me is greater than that. See, that's the rock of Gibraltar. You can't move that. That's the house that's being built on the rock. And when the storms of life and the trials and the loss and everything and the pressure comes, it stands and it goes, you go there, you go there, that goes there, that goes there. Let's walk. There's no backward step. Why? Because who is in me is greater than who is in the world. Every demon, Satan, who was created by the Father for my purpose. Do you know what? He's my greatest advocate to push me towards my victory. He's in my team. Do you see him like that? So yes, he's my opposition. That's because we're powerful. So he's my opposition, but he's actually in my team to help me become the man I'm called to be in Christ. He sharpens me up. You see, Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tested by Satan. For what purpose? To sharpen him up, to mature him up. The Bible says he went in there and didn't eat food for 40 days. And only when he came out of there was he hungry. Why? Because he was eating substance of food with his father called the eternal food, which gave him abundance of life. And it was only when he came out of that slot that he need physical food, and then he was hungry. Then the enemy comes and tries to tempt him, doesn't he? To say, turn these stones into bread. He said, I don't need that, man. I've been feasting for 40 days. Get back in your rightful place. You can't kid me because I know who I am. And I've been eating, so I ain't hungry. <laughs> See, he comes with these schemes, but he's my, he's in my, he's in the game for me. To help me love my father with all my heart. Jesus said this, he says, if you want to enter into life, life. If you want to enter into what life is really about, not what maybe mum and dad taught, not maybe what you thought, not necessarily about having you know a nice marriage with some kids and a house and a car and holidays every year. I'm not 
knock on those things, they're awesome. Everything comes from God, but that ain't life. That's not real life. Those things can consume you. They can become toxic. If you want to enter into life, real life, then keep my commandments. What does it mean to keep the commandments? Because he's saying if you keep the commandments, you're going to have this thing called life. Everyone's looking for life, aren't they? Are you looking for life? Are you looking for substance and joy, this thing that's going to complete you? Isn't everyone looking for completion? Don't people do crazy things to try and find life? Some people sell themselves to try and find life. We look for it in all these places to try and find rest for our very being, don't we? To find meaning and purpose, we look, and we look through relationships with people. We look through careers. We look through sport. We look through money. We look through positions. We look through all these things trying to find rest for our soul. But it was Jesus that said, come to me and I will give you life. Not my principles, rich young ruler. Not through doing these things. You won't find life in doing things or trying to. You'll find life when you actually start to fall in love with me. To fall in love with him. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's always been looking for. That's what he's always been looking for. See, we've, in our own misunderstanding, taught other things. But that's what God has always been looking for. A lover. No, no, he's looking for someone to go save the planet. No, he's looking for a lover. No, no, he's looking for someone that's going to find their ministry, man. Set the world up. No, no, he's looking for a lover. That's why he gives you a great commandment. I mean, he can't make it any clearer than what he writes down. So why can't we see it? Why couldn't I see it? Why did it take so long for me to see what was written down as his way? So I could then come into life. I'm here to tell you today, just testimony alone, man, the life that sits within the vessel because of the unveiling of his word in my heart and mind, that I may see, hear, and enter into a reality that is for us. He's the God that hides things. Why does he do that? It's a bit annoying, isn't it? It's annoying when people are hide and seek and you can't find them. Over here! Well, we're out there and you spend all this time and you're getting sick because you want to be the one that's hiding. You can't find anybody. It's annoying after a while. We're over here. Why does God hide things? What's he looking for? Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, Father, why do you hide stuff? Why do you conceal stuff? Why not just put it out there in front of us? Well, I do. I actually have. While at the same time, he's concealing what he's put in front of you. Have you ever stopped and gone, Why? Why do you do that? He'll answer you. He has an answer. He has answers for everything. He's just waiting for someone to ask. If you ask and you seek and you knock, I'll tell you a whole lot of stuff. I'll put it in you. I'll change you. I'll do a work like that because there's power in the name of Jesus to set the captive free and to reveal and to transform my mind. I'm just waiting for someone to ask me, Greg. You see, it's the people that ask he's looking for because he has so much for everybody. But if you ain't asking, you ain't receiving because you're not looking for the thing that he's got. And he says, Greg, if you want to come into life, son, there are these commandments. You know, there's this guy that came to Jesus and said, man, out of all the laws, it's really hard because there's so many laws I've got to try and keep and do. Which is the most important one? He says, let me tell you this. He says, I'm going to take all this stuff, the law and the prophets, because this is a new day. The day he showed up is a new day. 
It's a new covenant. It's a completion of an old covenant. Really, it's the same covenant that's being shown, but it was already before the beginning. It's a fulfillment of the same thing. (laughs) Well, is it new or not? Yes, but it's a fulfillment of what already was, which was old. There's a mystery in it right there. What are you talking about? Are you taking something this morning? You see, this is what God says. He speaks in these riddles and these parables and he, 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 he speaks in paradoxes and things that are back to front because he goes, I wonder if someone's going to be interested enough to go and try and put that back in order to understand what I'm saying because it, the reality of that, life comes. And the word that's powerful comes and as I receive that word, it's like, man. So now I start living from that word because life comes through these two commandments. Jesus said, I'm going to simplify it for you. I'm going to make it so simple you can't miss it. I'm going to take all the stuff of the law and the prophets that have gone before you and I'm going to put it into love me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul strength and love others like you'd love yourself and you will have that. You will have that. Psalm 19.7 says this, the testimony of Jesus Christ is sure. Making the wise simple. What does that mean, Greg? It means what Jesus has accomplished, what is already done, because it's all done. Okay? What he has done, the testimony. What happens when you have a real testimony, when you start coming into more and more of testimony, the work being done in you, it, the testimony of Jesus is sure. It takes the wisdom of God and makes it simple. It takes the profound and makes it simple. It takes the mysteries and puts it on a plate that you can eat it. See, when you're in Christ and Christ is in you and the true testifying work of that relationship starts to happen, what looks like confusing no longer is. What looks like a mystery no longer is. The mystery becomes, the wisdom of God becomes simple. And now you live from simple, but it's profoundly mysterious. That's a tension, isn't it? Right there. It's profoundly mysterious, but the true work of God in a life takes the mysterious and makes it simple. So now I can live out what is simple. Paul said, make sure you don't get led astray in your minds from what? The simplicity and the purity of a relationship with Jesus Christ. He compared the fall of man to that that you've been led astray from the simplicity and the purity of a relationship. Because this is all about relationship. Other commandments functional or relational? Answer the question. Relational. It's a relational commandment, isn't it? So why do we live in function? <laughs> relationship too hard. It is too hard. It requires a lot. So we'd rather just live in function because we can control that, do that, and we can somehow tick a box and think, good Christian boy, but we ain't in that, eh? So we do this, but we ain't in that. And he says, son, if you want to be in that, it's about falling in love. Not about trying to love me. I didn't try to love Danielle. I fell in love. Through spending time. If I'm trying to fall in love, what sort of relationship that's going to be? It's all then based around her behavior. And if her beha- <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> and if her behavior doesn't stack up, then I'm probably not going to what? Love her. So I need to fall in love. I don't earn love. I'm not trying. I'm not doing stuff. Why? Because when I see the commandment, it says, Greg, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And son, then you're going to be able to love people. But that is so counter-opposite to my natural disposition called the flesh. I am born functionally. I am wired functionally. 
When I come out of my mum and dad's tummy, yes, although they love me, I am why. My wiring, and it just takes time to grow up, is functional. So I look for identity, purpose, meaning in what I do. And you're no different. And what we all need is God of the planet to come and start to go to work and renew us to a relational position. Thank you, Lord. We're now, we are now loving the Lord. Why? Because I've fallen in love with the Lord. Not because I'm trying to earn my way, rich young rulers. See, the man was trying because he was functional. He was trying, trying, trying. And Jesus then said, man, you're going the wrong way, Jack. No, 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 I'm keeping the standards. No, you're going the wrong way. It's a new day. So you're living under the old, and I'm here for the new. I've taken all the law and the prophets, and I've taken that, and I've spun it, and now it's this. All that is fulfilled in this. It's gone from being function to relational. You see, they were keeping the Ten Commandments from function through faith. God says, keep it through love. Greg, is faith not in the game? Yeah, it is. See, obedience is motivated by love and activated through faith. Now, not just faith in. There was only the average one or two people that could have this reality in them, this power in them to be able to live a life of love. Before that, everyone was just doing it through obedience. God says, we're going to shift this a little bit, and I'm going to put my spirit in my people so now they live from love. So it's not obedience through faith. It's obedience through love that's activated by faith. And how I live it out. Because I'm sealed by his blood. I'm relational. See, it's really dangerous. If you're a leader and you're functionally led, man, you need to stop. Because you know leaders who are functionally led see people as assets, commodities. They're indispensable. Dispensable? Dispensable. Which means it's like, you're here to do a task for me. Don't do the task, see you, get another one. Don't do the task, see you later, get another one. Get another one. Thank you, I'm going to use you till you do what I want you to do, see you later. See, if you're in the body of Christ and you're leading like that, get out. Get out of your position. Jesus said the core thing is love. Love. That's dangerous. Leaders that are functional are dangerous because they miss the people in the process and it's all about the people. You miss what it's about because you think it's about achieving a task but you've missed the whole thing and that was the people. The people are the plan. The transformation of the people is the goal, not the function, not the work. That's a byproduct of that. So that is in the picture, but that is the goal. He says, if you want this, then you've got to keep my, my commands, my way. So, God is saying, if you want to know and experience this incredible, affluent, Abundant, resourceful, unlimited, uncapped, indestructible life within you and through you, then as your first place priority, it's not about doing things for Him or trying to love Him. It's about falling in love with Him. I was in a meeting recently with a whole lot of leaders and they were asking what the purpose was. It was like it was a buzzword. What's the purpose for this year? <laughs> As if it's not the same purpose every year. <laughs> See, it's so simple, we miss it. We think we've got to come up with this new vision every year to motivate the people. It's so carnal and fleshly. It's like if the people know Jesus, you don't need plaques on walls, you don't need words that say this, you don't need values, because it's in the people. The people know it, 
because they know him. So we talk about purpose as if it's outside of knowing him. It's all attached to what we do, isn't it? Vision. (laughs) Vision is all about accomplishment of a goal. Vision is about being able to see. See how subtle it is? What are we going to have a vision here of doing? No, no. Vision is sight. My people perish because they lack sight. Revelation. They wander because they lack the ability to see and hear in the Spirit. But the world will tell you vision is knowing Him, loving others, walking together. That's a purpose that comes from vision. See, it's very hard to live that out if you can't see Him or hear Him. It's very hard to have life if you can't see or hear Him. That's why He says, come and get to know me so you can love me. I didn't love my wife when I met her. I liked her. I liked what I saw. I was like, woo, yeah, this is good, and you are a good creator. I'm going to admire your creation right about now. And I ain't committing adultery either. But I didn't love her. I liked what I saw. I thought I want to get to know her. Hope she wants to get to know me. (laughs) But I didn't love her. It was only when I got to know her that I fell in love with her. He's no different. No different. He says, if you want life, come to know me. And as you come to know me, you'll fall in love with me. Do you know why? Because he's the best thing since sliced bread. He says, if you taste of me, you'll want more of me. He says, you haven't tasted anything yet until you've tasted me. You think, you think that's good, but when you taste this, you'll have a reference for how untasteful that was. When you taste me, you're going to have a reference now that you've never had and you will just want more and more. Think of your favorite food. How many chocolate lovers are here? Self-sourcing chocolate pudding, man. If you want to win me over, just saying, uh, that'll do it. (laughs) Man, I can go back for that stuff. Time and time and time again. I can be found with a chocolate self-sourcing pudding with cream and custard. Only on a treat day. (laughs) But they come round pretty quick every seven days. Start an account at the place in the mall. Can I put that on my account, thanks? Why? Because I've tasted how good it is. Do you know, he trumps that. It's not, it doesn't even come close because that's temporal and this is eternal. He says, Greg, if you want life, keep, son, my commandments. I just want to give you some scriptures. I'm going to read these reasonably quickly. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. They're all saying that too, Warren. <laughs> All right, here we go. And I want you to hear this, okay? That God has made a way for you to love him like he loves you. God has made a way for you to love him like he loves you. So he loves you with agape, doesn't he? He loves you with a love that's patient, kind, gentle, always endures, holds no wrong. Always believes, always hopes. It is possible for you to love him like that. Do you know that? Will you believe with me today that? Will you be fully convinced that that is possible? Because that's the love he wants you to love the person beside you, behind you, in front of you with. It is fully possible to love another human with heaven's love. Otherwise, God is a liar 
and he's not. And he dangles a carrot out in front of us for something we can never accomplish, which is not him. That's why Jesus overcame the cross as a man to demonstrate what's fully possible when a man or a woman is surrendered and submitted with the power of heaven living within them through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's showing you, giving you an example of what is possible for you, little old you and me. But we ain't little and we ain't old because I've got the fire of heaven living in me. I got the eternal substance of heaven living in this vessel. Amen. So it's possible. All right. So come with me to Ezekiel 11. Actually, they're going to be behind me, I think. And there's some key words. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20. And I, this is God, will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. Right there is a promise. This is Ezekiel, the prophet, writing before a time ever has happened. Who are these people, guys? You and I. So I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. And I, God, will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may what? Walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. If you want this then keep my commandments and I'm going to put my spirit in them that they can keep that. Right there's the promise. Fully possible. Made a way. Then they will be my people and I shall be their God. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28. He wanted to make a point. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I, God, will put my spirit, whose spirit? His spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You see, there's no excuses. Excuses have to go because he's made a way. Excuses keep you out of the life you were called for. Oh, but this, but that, but the all the million butts in the world, but they keep you out of life. I don't want anything to keep me out of life because I was called for life. Why would I want another priority to keep me out of life when this is priority? And you will be careful to observe, uh, sorry, observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers, so you will be my people and I will be your God. John 3.3 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born of what? The spirit that Ezekiel is talking about. Holy Spirit, God's spirit that was sent to lead the church into the fullness of truth and life. God has made the way. But you've got to be born again to see the kingdom of God. John 3, 5 to 6, Jesus answered, Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of life. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. If you want to see the kingdom, hear the kingdom, enter into through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not through your ability. You can't do it. You're going to try to love him. You're going to try to work your way to him. That ain't going to cut it. That'll leave you feeling empty, frustrated, disillusioned, probably broken with no life. Because you've come in, trying to come in through principles, not person. You're trying to use the principles as a way to get in, but it's a person who then speaks principles. What about Acts 1.8? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Oh, there's Ezekiel again. You shall be my witnesses, not just people who speak, people who live. Be the witness. May your life be the witness, and then from that being, speak. Then you have credibility when they see it and you speak it. Credibility. When you speak it, they don't see it. Hypocrisy. And you've been and we've been made away. Jesus made away. Tore the veil. Fully possible, Greg. Isn't it good news? Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Spirit. There was the Spirit that who prophesied? How many years before? Hundreds of years before, the reality of the word coming to fruition, no longer prophecy, turned up, happened. What was prophesied is realized on this day. Do you know this day was 2,000 years ago? It's no longer a prophecy. It's a realization. The Spirit has been poured out. It's to be in the church, so we enter into the kingdom. So what we live like Christ, loving the Father like He loves me. Woo-wee. That is good news. Do you know the only person that limits that? Is right here. Is the one talking. It's me. The way I think will limit whether I live the way he said I can live because he's telling you it is done. Look at Acts 2, 14 to 18. But Peter taking his stand with the 11. Remember the man has just been filled with the spirit that Ezekiel prophesied, yes? Because before this... What did Jesus say to Peter before this, before Acts? What was the question he was asked? Do you love me? Yes. I'm going to ask it again. Why did he ask it again? He got the answer the first time. Is Jesus deaf? Hope not. Why do you ask someone the same question three times when they give you an answer? No, because the answer he was given wasn't the answer that Jesus knew needed to be the answer. And what was Peter's response? He got a bit angry. Didn't he get angry? Why are you asking me again if I love you? I've told you, are you deaf? No, I just know the answer is not the answer I'm looking for. We love God. Great. Are you in that? From your love. Are you in the life I just described? Undestructible, untapped, abundant, affluent, full, being filled, full, 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 overflowing. See, ask Jesus this question. Jesus knows because Jesus can see. He says, you love me to the measure you know me. But I know there's more. You don't know, but I know there's more. I know that your words match your reality, but I've got a bigger reality for you, son. You see, before that, he then actually said to Peter, I've got a new commandment for you. Do you know what the new commandment he gave Peter was? Yell it out. He said, love your brothers and sisters. What did Peter do? What did Peter say? Did he say, cool, I'll get on board with that? No. No. He said, why can't I come with you? Why can't I go on mission with you? Why can't I come and save the planet with you? I'm not really interested in loving those dudes. Man, they're hard work. They try and kill people, man. That James and John, they're asking who's going to be the greatest. They want to know who's going to be the top. And their mother then puts a plug in. They're hard work. I'm not loving them. I want to be on mission with you, man. I'm functional. We're going to do some stuff. We're going to kick some. Come on, let's go get those Romans and smash them. Come on, man. I'm the guy with the sword. I lobbed off the dude's ear. Yeah, but you weren't supposed to, Muppet. Supposed to love. Oh, that's right. You missed that one when I told you to love because you were more interested in doing stuff for me that I never ordered. And the commandment was to go and love those men, learn what it means to love, then you tell me you love me after the event when I've come back to you, and you still ain't got it. Why? 
because the word in Ezekiel had not yet been realized, but right now it's been realized because Peter's up in the upper room. He receives the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. Now the man's speaking in a way that he's never lived, never spoken. Now he's got the love of God in him, which he didn't have beforehand, so he couldn't live it out because the day hadn't yet arrived, but now it's arrived. Boom, now the man gets up and he says this, but Peter, taking a stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words, for these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Past. This is the day. Of Joel speaking, and it shall be in the last days, which are now, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. All mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Are you prophesying? Are you seeing dreams and visions? Are you partaking of the eternal food? Why? Because God has made a way and the Spirit has been poured out and we're in the last days. It's us, guys. Is this who we are? Is this how we're living? Because if we are, we're able to love the Father like He loves us. We're able to. It's no longer a dream. It's no longer an abstract concept that's somewhere in Mars floating around. It's here on earth in God's children, in His vessels, and we're capable and able to love God and love one another with the love of heaven because what was prophesied has been realized and so if you want to enter into life brothers and sisters keep the commandments he's only given you two things in my house I've got a number of rules poor kids they can't remember them all can't even remember one half the time like deja vu what happened last did you not remember to put the dog out oh the dog Do we have a dog? (laughs) Look, Romans 5.5. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Say new creature. So if you're in Christ because the Spirit of Christ has been put in you, that means you're a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Old things have gone. New things have come. What's a new thing? Loving God with the love of the Father. Loving someone else with the love of the Father. It's pretty new, isn't it? It's pretty massive to be able to love with a love that's patient. We pray for patience. Eat him and you'll be patient. We pray for an outcome. If I pray for patience, patience is an outcome. If I eat him, that's a process. If I'm eating him, I will be a patient person. Because love is patient. And God is love. This is huge. Come here to one, two. One, sorry, to one, two. <laughs> Can you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> one John. 1 John 2. One John 2, verse 3. 
by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Verse 7, Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Everyone that wrote, wrote from a living reality. So it's not a hoping to come into position. It's a full position. That's huge what I just said. They write from knowing the truth. That's why you never study the words. You need to be in the posture that the one who's written the words is in. So then you too could write it. Does that make sense? Because then you're in that. You're not just writing a story. You're in that, putting words to what that is. You're writing from life. Let me tell you about the testimony that Jesus has done in me. And that's what John is saying. And that's why we've got to be careful. We don't just don't blanket this and go, well, that's all us. Because it's to be all us. But he wants us to experience that all us so we can be in that. Because until we're in that, then there's a disconnect, isn't there? And you can kid yourself and say, oh, yeah, I have the mind of Christ. I already have it. Well, then live it out. Because it's about a demonstration, not just to stay unlocked somewhere and somewhere. And so it's to the revealed mind that you have, you have the mind of Christ. You have the potential to have the full mind of Christ through eating Christ. So he's making this pretty pretty big statement that he knows is true. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep the commandments, the keeping of the relational commandment of loving God with all our heart is the evidence of the true knowledge of God you and I hold. It's pretty challenging, isn't it? Our ability to love like God is the evidence or the proof of the true knowledge of God we hold. And we are to be able to receive that reality because we're loved. And do you know what it does? Do you know what the word is supposed to do? This. Father, I'm on my knees before heaven and earth praying that you will bring me into the fullness of your truth. Father, I know the fullness of what you want to do, and I know I can't bring myself into it. So, Lord, I'm seeking you, and I'm asking, because I know I'm loved, and I know I'm chosen, and I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made before the foundation of the earth. So I know, Lord, that there's no penalty, there's no, there's no condemnation, I'm just confronted with the reality of who you are and the fullness. And Father, I love you and you love me. And I want to experience this knowing. So God, I ask that you would reveal it in me. And as I seek you with all my heart and as I eat your word and drink of your, 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 your blood, Lord, I pray that you would bring to life life because I want to fall in love. That's the prayer. That's the position. See, John knows he's getting really serious. So he puts it out there and says, true knowledge brings you into true life. Remember what I said in Colossians 2.2? 2, 2? 
if all the wisdom and the treasures of God's kingdom is found in the Christ and you know the Christ, do you think you're going to have that within you? But the challenge is you can have a factual, informational knowledge, but it doesn't birth that. Listen to these words in Philippians 1, 9 to 10. And this I pray, this is Paul, that your love may abound, your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment. Why, God? So that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. And this I pray, that you, church, that your love may abound more and more. What in God? Real knowledge. Knowledge of what? The Son. Because if you're in love with the Son, the knowledge of the Son, sorry, you're in love with the Son. Because the knowledge does the work. It's the seed that performs the work that's then able to live out the reality. See, that's why you can't try to fall in love. If you are, stop. If you think about it, it's about doing work, stop. It's just about falling in love. Paul says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, has not yet entered the heart of man. What? All. All that God has already prepared for those who what, guys? Love him. You see, there's this awe, but it's come for those that love because those that love are wanting to spend the time, aren't they? It's not rocket science. It's in the physical. You want to spend time with one another? What do you get to know? What did I get to know when I spent more time? I got to know Danielle. I wanted to spend the time. I wanted to position myself. So the knowledge of Danielle, I fell in love. If I'm not wanting to take time to know her, what's the outcome? I'm not married to her. It's simple. It's not complex. It's the same with God. So he's telling you, he's laying it out for us all. If you want life, then you've got to fall in love with me. And if we say we do love God, which is great, that's awesome. Well, is that a radical, abandoned, wholehearted, living for you type of love? Because that's what's going to produce this. So we love God to the measure we know God. To the measure we know God, we will love God. And then he says this, and this is where it gets real interesting. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, that person's a liar and the truth is not in him. Oh, is he talking to lost people? No, he's not. Did you know most of the Bible is written for the church? Not for the lost people. So that's confronting. God doesn't want a whole lot of us doing, sorry, God doesn't want us doing a whole lot of work for him, talking a whole lot about him, but still not being able to keep the relational commandment of loving him with all our heart. God doesn't want us doing a whole lot of work for him as a first place priority, talking a lot about him, but still not being able to keep the relational commandment of loving him with all of our heart. God wants us all to be able to keep this relational commandment. And he made a way. There's more, but I'm going to stop. Because he's asking us a question, isn't he? And he's been asking this question for eight years. And you might say, Greg, why are you banging on about the commandment again? Because the Father's asked me to bang on about the commandment again. Because the Father's looking for reality that he's made, what he's made possible. And it's happening here. But look at all the empty seats. 
him. You know what the guy said about the connect and it was lovely, but and I appreciate the, the comments, but it's what this family's doing. Because I really don't know those guys in the sense of, I mean, it was the first time I said hello to Jess on that night, even though I'd seen her around. I've been trying to get to her, but I couldn't. But it's, they've experienced the, the family of what the, how the family's living. And that's why there's a connection, because I know what God's doing here. And people are entering into it. They're being prepared to go, you know what, I'm putting down this. I'm putting down that. I'm taking that off. And I'm actually stepping into, and I'm going to enter into what is being spoken. I've seen this in Greg. I've seen this in a number of people. Ollie. Hang around Ollie, man. It's like the guy can't stop talking. And yet two months ago, he... He's always been a bit of a talker, but now it's this new life, this river's coming out of him. And that's not just for Ollie and Greg, and it's for everybody. But see, you're asked a question, and the question is this, do you love me? I love you. I will always love you. It's never in question. I will love you till you die. My love but do you love me, my love? Do you love me? And it's fully possible for you to love me the way I love you. And it's fully possible for you to love one another because I want to perfect my love in you through the word. And I will encourage you to go read the rest of that scripture because the answer to life lies in that scripture. And maybe I'll get to it in two or three weeks' time. But go and read it. Go and eat it. The promise, which is yes and amen, is contained, but it's concealed, and it needs to be revealed. But the question I believe the Holy Spirit wants to ask is, are you willing to fall head over heels in love with me? And if you are, and if this is your reality, there is more. So never settle because he is untapped resource and there is more. I know I'm only scraping the surface in my relationship with him and I'll tell you today, I'm in an abundance of that. That's why I can't shut up. That's why Ollie can't shut up. We're not, dest- we're not supposed to shut up. That's why Warren can't shut up. You've been given a voice to speak, but from an inner realm, because it's just overflow, overflow. So, Father, I want to thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that your love covers us, washes us, that you're made a way, and you're making a way in us all. And, Lord, as we surrender and position and start to ask, seek, and knock, because we know we can't change ourselves but we know we can receive more of you, which will change us. And so, God, we position ourselves for this. We pray, we believe, we're fully convinced, and together we will encourage and edify and in love discipline one another to finish and come into now. In Jesus' name, amen.